Wow, Christmas time. You know, the, the world, the world doesn't know God's love, yet they try to grasp to understand that love. I mean, you hear them say Christmas is a season of love. Well, what do they even mean when they say that? Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> There'll be much mistletoe and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. Well, what does that even mean? And you know, the 12 days of Christmas, you realize that's really a love song, right? My true love gives to me, but I wonder what someone's going to do with those swans, those geese, those calling birds, the French hens, the turtle doves, and the partridge in a pear tree. I hope they really love birds. Uh, there's some Christmas cards about love that I saw this year. And one of them said, Christmas is really all about love. Okay. Uh, one of them said, sending loving thoughts your way because it's Christmas time. Now, there is one that I was considering getting for Wendy. I did not do it, but it said, I hope you love the present you told me to buy for you. <laughs> now, I did see one that I liked, and Eva already mentioned the verse. There was a beautiful Christmas card that actually had the scripture, John 3, 16 on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Because Eva, Eva hit on it. What, what Christmas is all about is God loving sinners, the, the unfaithful. And Bill, I, I heard that song uh, earlier this week too, and, and I had the same reaction you did when I heard the, or saw the title of it, I'm going, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yes, God is all about loving the unfaithful. And, and Christmas, when we think about it, of all things, should focus, we should be celebrating divine redemption. God redeeming the unfaithful so that they become faithful, freeing us from our sin, freeing us from the guilt of our sin. Think about it. Christmas is all about God loving sinners who are utterly unlovable and utterly unworthy of his affection. And yet the birth of Jesus is a testimony to God's love. That is what it's all about. God so loved the world. You know, it's, it's not just some nostalgic story about a baby being born in a stable because his family got turned away because there was no room in an inn. This baby is God in human flesh voluntarily stepping down to live among humanity as a servant in order to take the burden of our guilt and pay the price for it by sacrificing his life. We are unworthy sinners, undeserving sinners, and God chose to love us in the noblest way possible. Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. I mean, when the angel 
of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream to announce the birth of Jesus. The angel, this is out of Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel said uh, regarding Mary, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. This is the message of Christmas. He will save his people from their sins. And I think if you could narrow it down to a single word, I would say the real meaning that we celebrate Christmas, the reason we celebrate is redemption. Now, do you realize that the Apostle Paul wrote about the real meaning of Christmas in Galatians? And that's kind of what I want to, to focus on. So if you have your uh, Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians. It's going to be out of Galatians chapter 4. And it's going to be verses 4 and the first part of verse 5. And this is what it says. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. If you think about it, this, this really is the Apostle Paul's summary of the real meaning, real meaning of Christmas. You know the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Most of you probably know it by heart. Well, there's actually a verse in that song that echoes Paul's words from Galatians here. The words of this carol say, Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Did you ever take the time to think about what the songwriter meant when he penned that? You know, I guess when I was much younger, I mean, it sounds like we're singing that Jesus was a little bit late in coming. Uh, children probably think that Christmas is always late in coming, and so they might not might make sense uh, uh, to them in that respect. And I don't want to ruin the song for you, but I think that maybe the author uh, actually missed the sense of what Paul is trying to get here when he talks about the fullness of time. It doesn't mean that Jesus came late in time. It means that he was right on time, at the perfect time, at the perfect time appointed by God. It's at the time that was determined beforehand and appointed by the Father. See, Paul's making a statement here about the sovereignty of God, that this was the plan and decree of the Father. Christ coming to earth in human flesh was not an afterthought. God was not responding to something happening in human history. This was his plan from the beginning, his appointed time, the appointed means, and he brings it to pass. And so what we see in all the events of the Christmas story, what we see is the outworking of God's eternal plan. And, and we see this, you know, it did not stop with the birth of Christ. The ultimate purpose for his coming back was not fulfilled in the birth, 
but in Christ's death. I said that the real meaning of Christmas is redemption. And it was ultimately the death of Christ, not his birth, that purchased our redemption. In, in uh, Acts, Peter was preaching at Pentecost. This is out of Acts chapter 2, verse 23. And Peter was telling the people at Jerusalem that Jesus was delivered up to be crucified according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. And later on in Acts, out of Acts 4.27, it says that God's hand and God's purpose, God's purpose predestined the events of the crucifixion. Why? Because those events were necessary for our redemption. God is sovereign. He's in control of everything that occurs. He determines the times. He sets the boundaries of human action. And as Paul says in Ephesians, God works all things according to the counsel of his own will. So the coming of Christ was in perfect accord with the eternal plan of God. Having fixed that time before the foundation of the earth, he brought it to pass. And here's something that, that John MacArthur says about this verse. John MacArthur says, what was the fullness of time? It was God's sovereign timing. He ordered world events so that everything was ready for Christ's coming. Politically, the Roman Empire was at its height. Rome had given the world good roads, a fair go a system of government, and most importantly, the Pax Romana world peace under the rule of Rome. And so at this time, for the first time in history, people could travel with relative ease almost anywhere in the empire. And the apostles could carry the gospel message to the uttermost parts of the world. Culturally, the world was becoming more unified. More people than ever were being educated and even the common people they spoke uh, Koine Greek, and that is the dialect that the New Testament is written in. Now, spiritually, the world was diverse, but open. And among the, new, uh, among the Jews, there was a renewed interest in the scriptures, and that was leading to revival on one hand, and typified by the ministry of John the Baptist. There was a strong uh, Pharisaic movement on the other hand. You see, Christ could not have been born. Christ could not have arrived on the scene at a more opportune time. It was the perfect time, sovereignly determined by God, the fullness of time. When we look at the, at the next phrase, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. You know, Paul expands on this thought, uh, in another letter he writes in, in Philippians, where he writes, this is out of Philippians 2, he writes that Christ was in the form of God eternally, but he considered equality with God something not to be held on to. So he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in human likeness. 
That's the Christmas story again. Eternal God clothes himself in humanity and is born into a humble family. It's an inconceivable step of unmeasurable humility. It points to the incarnation and the full humanity of Jesus. The Son of God was sent to be one with us in our humanity. And you would think that he couldn't step down and get any lower. But again, the Christmas story doesn't end with the manger. It goes all the way to the cross. The Apostle Paul goes on to write in Philippians, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Again, the theme of redemption is the eternal plan of a sovereign God. And so this phrase, God sent forth his son born of a woman, it also reminds us that Christ was virgin born. The phrase really points back to the Old Testament, to Genesis 3, one of the Bible's first promises concerning the Redeemer who would come. Out of Genesis 3.15, where God curses the serpent and prophesies that the serpent's head would one day be crushed by the seed of the woman. And this is critical to understand when you read through Genesis. It says the seed of the woman, not the offspring of a man and a woman, but the seed of a woman. Unlike any other person ever born in the world, Jesus Christ was born. He began life without a hint, without a taint of human sin, without the fallen nature of Adam. He was God in human flesh, sent by the Father to accomplish the work of redemption. The next phrase, born under the law. This one is a little bit harder to tackle. What does it mean that Christ was born under the law? Well, Paul uses this phrase at least 12 times in his epistles. So we know that it's important to Paul and crucial in his thinking and, and his theology. And the phrase under the law does not mean legalism or keeping the law to earn salvation. To be born under the law means to be born a Jew under the obligation to keep the requirements of the Mosaic law. So from Jesus's birth to his circumcision eight days after his birth, to the celebration of Passover with his disciples, to his death on the cross, every detail of Jesus' life was under the direction of the law. It was perfect obedience to God the Father. And as God's son born of a woman, he fulfilled all the requirements of the law perfectly. God's son took our place as a human being to offer a perfect obedience to God on our behalf. To be born under the law means that he experienced 
all the conditions of sinful humanity. He was subject to the same temp temptations as us, to the same sufferings, to loneliness. It also means that he experienced the curse of the law, death on the cross, in our place. You know, there was, let me, let me remind you why, why Paul even wrote this letter to the Galatians in the first place. There were some false teachers, some legalists, Judaizers, who were trying to impose ceremonies and rituals of the Mosaic law on Christians. They were, in essence, saying that in order to become a true Christian, you must also submit to the law of Moses. They were saying that uh, only Jews can truly be saved. And if you are a Gentile, in order to become a Christian, you have to convert to Judaism. And part of that is the dietary laws and circumcision. And these became issues. And even the Apostle Peter was compromised for a brief time. And it was not because he was confused but it was apparently because he was simply intimidated by these legalists, by these Judaizers. He was still squeamish maybe about the Old Testament standards. And he had been hanging around with, associating with Christians. But then when these Judaizers came to town, he cut himself off from the Gentile Christians and started eating at a segregated table only with the Judaizers. And it basically led to a public rebuke from the Apostle Paul. Uh, in an earlier chapter, this is out of chapter two of Galatians, Paul describes how he confronted Peter. He says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. There had been certain men that came uh, from James, and he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself from the Gentiles, fearing the, the circumcision party, fearing these Judaizers. So it says it was out of the fear of men. And what made it even worse is it says the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. And Paul says, but when I saw their conduct was not, was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Paul before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? You need to walk the walk and talk the talk. This is, the issue at stake is justification. And Paul went on to say we ourselves are Jews at birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus in order to be justified, in, to, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So what Paul was doing here is he was reminding Peter that the centerpiece 
of New Testament theology is the doctrine of justification by faith. This is the doctrine that makes Christianity distinct. Every other religion teaches some system of human merit. You've got to earn your way to heaven. Christianity alone teaches that the merit necessary for our salvation is supplied by God on our behalf. This, this is the message of redemption. This message that we are justified by faith comes back full circle and is at the heart of the Christmas message. It is what Christmas is all about. When I use the term justification, it's when God declares a believing sinner to be righteous. It's when God looks at the person and says, I accept this person as completely righteous. It's not just a divine not guilty verdict. It's so much more. It elevates the sinner from the condemnation or the judgment he deserves to a position of divine privilege in Christ. That's where we stand when we are justified. We have divine privilege with Christ. Christ, under the law in every sense, fulfilled the law perfectly on our behalf. Now, we go on. It says, the phrase says, to redeem those born under the law. You know, Paul's making a connection between this last phrase, when Christ was born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. You know, he's saying that we were under the law and should have been judged. And yet Christ was tempted as we are, and yet without sin. He committed no sin. There was no deceit found in his mouth. Hebrews 7 says Christ was holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. And yet this is crucial for our redemption. Because Corinthians, this is out of 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For our sake, God made him who God made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Christ we might become the righteousness of God. So Christ was perfectly sinless. He did not deserve to die. He fulfilled every aspect of the law to the letter. Yet he did die. He suffered the wrath of God on the cross. Why? Well, scripture tells us the Father imputed the guilt of our sin to him, and Christ paid the price for it. And consequently, the merit of his perfect obedience is imputed to our account. So 
His death paid the price for our guilt. His perfect life supplies us with all the merit we need to be acceptable to God. And as Paul says out of Romans 3.26, this is how God can remain just and yet justify sinners through their faith in Jesus. He has personally paid the penalty for our sin. He has personally obtained a perfect righteousness on our behalf. And this is a reason we, we can weep for joy. We can, we can cry in shame over our sin, but yet weep in joy that we have been justified. And Genesis, I just want to reflect back on Genesis. Genesis 15, 6, the scripture tells us Abraham believed in the Lord and it was imputed to him for righteousness. So anytime a sinner is redeemed in scripture, it is by imputed righteousness, not a righteousness that is somehow earned or achieved by a sinner for his own redemption. Justification has always been by faith and not by works. And it is through a righteousness that is imputed to the believer. You know, on the other hand, God says that all of our righteousnesses, anything that we try to do, they're imperfect, they're flawed, they're unacceptable, they're filthy, and our own righteousness is an offense to God. Our own obedience can never be enough. But here's the good news of the gospel, the good news at Christmas. For everyone who believes, Christ fulfillment of the law counts on our behalf. His blood counts as a payment for our failures. In Romans uh, chapter 10, it says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. That little word end comes from the Greek word telos. It's a very strong word, meaning that Christ is the fulfillment of everything that the law intended. Everything. So in Christ, a perfect righteousness is made available to every believer. His righteousness is imputed to us by faith. And that is why God accepts us in Christ and for Christ's sake. This is the doctrine of the justification by faith. This is what makes Christianity different from every religion ever invented by the human mind. When you think about it, you know, here's one thing that, 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 that Paul said. He said this out of Philippians 3. He said, I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but having a righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, a righteousness from God that depends on faith. 
And that, I would argue, is the real meaning of Christmas, according to Paul. We celebrate redemption, that Christ came to justify sinners, to justify sinners who had no way of justifying themselves. On the one hand, it's not about emotion, but it, it stirs my deepest emotions. You know, it's, it's not just a message of joy, but I don't know any truth that brings a greater joy. And I think this Christmas, with everything that we've all been through in 2020, maybe our thoughts should go beyond the son of Mary in a manger, all the way to the son of God on the cross. And our hearts should be filled with genuine wonder and genuine joy at the redemption that Christ provided for us, which I think is the richness in the real message out of Luke when he says, unto you is born this day a savior a savior who is christ the lord what a gift what a gift of love this truly is let's pray lord thank you for really this wonderful time of the year it truly is and in, in, in so many ways thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ our perfect Savior thank you for the way that you have sacrificially demonstrated your love for us thank you that while we were yet sinners you loved us enough to send your son you sent your son to redeem us, to provide our righteousness when we had no way of doing it on our own. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Christ the Lord. We pray this and give thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Roger. <clears throat> uh, you know, something you said there at the very end. Um, I, from Philippians 3, I'd, I want to know, be found in him. And then with the righteousness that comes to our faith in God. And I was thinking, you know, if, if would I rather have my own righteousness or would I rather have this proven righteousness of, of Jesus Christ? I mean, which, which would you rather have? And you think, well, it, it'd be impossible for me to get the righteousness of Christ, except that he makes it as a gift through faith, that, that his righteousness is applied to us. And what a story of redemption. I, lo I love the word redeeming. Um, and to tie redeeming in with Christmas is really a, a, a neat thought for me. Um, the redeeming love of God at Christmas. Um, 
to thank you and Carla and Eva. Thank you for all of your what you've shared here this morning. Anybody else have a, a thought they'd like to share concerning the love of God here at Advent? Or to give thanks to these three that already spoken? I have um, I got a Christmas card at one uh, one year, many years ago. And I would love to share that on like share my screen if you guys allow me to do that. Because it's exactly what Roger preached about. Can I do this? Can I share? Yeah. You're on mute, Bill. Okay. Mm. Can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? I like that. Mm. Mm. That's great. So I put it in a frame because I really loved it. So beautiful. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. It's 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 like the things with when we we see things through our five senses that show the work of God. It just blesses our hearts. Any, anyone else have a thought? I would just say uh, yes. We got that card one year too. It's a it's an amazing <laughs> card. Uh, <laughs> I kept coming back to this one John another John verse as I listened to to Carla and Eva and, um, and Roger, all three, it, it's, but it's in one of the little Johns, first John 4.10 says, when you ask about the question about what is love, it says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Mm -hmm. And he sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment or the atonement or the substitute, whatever word you want to use for our sins. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, everything that we shared kind of can you can can pull into that and uh, it just kept coming to me is that this this is a verse that at least needs to be shared so first john 4 10 if you want to look that one up say it again preston first john 4 10 is uh in this is love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Carla, you look like you're ready to do like a podcast. I just love that Advent wreath and the Bible, your notebook. I mean, you like it's like we're ready to tune in to hear from you. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, Preston. You know, when I was when I was thinking about how to share um, from the love of God and the different perspectives, and I was thinking you know, we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm -hmm. but his standard of love for us is, we, we fall short every time, <laughs> every time, but his standard is just so powerful. It really is. Yeah, would you rather love people the way you love or the way that God loves? Well, the way God loves, for yeah. sure. <laughs> do you want your own righteousness, or do you want the righteous? Of the Son of God, who was perfect in every way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I like to sh um, uh, thank uh, uh, Clara, Clara and Eva and Roger for the sharing. And um, when here, uh, when Eva share her thoughts, mm -hmm. I thought, oh, really, all the new beginners has all these kind of similar struggle. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you share that feed, uh, feeling, that thought. Uh, for us, 
um, I sometimes I question myself, um, is that I really believe or I just willing to believe? And why sometimes I, I think I believe, I trust, but still sometimes a lot of question. And even sometimes you, when I, uh, well, I read more Bible or understand more things, but why more question come up? So really thank you for sharing, sharing uh, your thought. And also like right now, like Sean and Lucy, they re read Bible almost every day. Yeah. Um, and even sometimes still have a lot of questions, don't understand why, but just hang in there to try to uh, read more. And when we have more questions and when we just sometimes look back of the, all the questions, we say, oh, that makes sense. This really gave us um, um, feel really uh, grateful and joyful. And also like last time, last week when we, when Lucy and we would try to think, when we try to talk about some joy, um, as Clara said, some when you think of something, there are many perspective, which should present, which want to talk. And we have a lot of thought as well. And um, like when we said, um, what is joy? Why we feel joy? And what is, what is real joy? And, but one thing I noticed um, before when we do the annual physical examination, each time the doctor asks us to feel a survey, uh, do you feel nervous and that keep, um, for a few days or every day, how many hours? And there are many questions. I remember a few weeks, uh, a few years ago, when I feel that form, I said, oh, this often, this several days, this um, almost every day, oh, this is so far, it's so good. But this year, when I feel that form, and all of those, I put zero, 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 no, it's fine, no. And by the end, on the bottom, I put, I'm good. I'm so grateful. Life is good. And I put a smile face there and I give to the doctor. So that's really made me, oh, something, even I don't know, uh, God already changed us, but it's really, it changed. So that, that me feel really, it's kind of joy and peace. So. <laughs> How many, how many of you have noticed a change in, um, in Jan's life? Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Raise two hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's continue work on us. Even still, we have questions. Still, we have struggles. We sometimes it's overwhelming. Um, but yeah, I think God really work on our heart. Let us. Um, touch our heart and let us grow. <laughs> feel yeah. life is good. Yeah, yeah, amen. Sean, for those of us who have known about God for a long time, even since we were children, we still have questions too. Yeah. And it's okay to have questions and bring them to God. Don't feel that you are alone. But also, there comes a point when you say, God, I have questions, I don't understand but I trust you. And I know that you've come to that place in your faith. It's a walk of trust and that his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts and his ways better than our ways. 
and we cannot comprehend the mind of Christ. But I, it's okay to have questions. And, and it really it highlights the, the beauty of having the Word of God, because like in Eva's case, you have a question, but you go back to this verse. But, but God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And you have to deal with that truth, right? I mean, so that truth kind of obliterates uh, things that might stand against it, whether it be doubt or confusion. It, it just kind of says, okay, I'll come back to what the, the Bible says. This is what God says to me. And it kind of brings light. I mean, the word is light to us. It gives understanding to the simple, it says in Psalms. Amen. Anyone else thought about love? God's love. I was going to say what you that, that um, uh, whatever emphasized was, you know, all our questions have to come back to God loves me, you know, and that that's the starting point to answer any question is, is uh, that God loves me. And thank you, Eva, for your testimony. I really appreciate everything you shared, and even the part about uh, the temple and how God's zeal was consumed him and and it looked like anger but uh, i love the way you emphasize that that it really truly was his love and how he fights for us because we are his temple and he lives within us and thank you so much eva thank you and carl you too and roger you too i really enjoyed listening to all of you i'd like to think that that a husband would fight for his wife if she was being abused mm -hmm. And, and that's what that's how we think about that there is a righteous anger mm -hmm. um, and, and it's good to, to, to see it and, and, and to realize it, that it's good and it's holy and it's 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 what love does right I mean love protects yep. the innocent right Amen. Yeah, I also yeah. wanted to say thank you to Eva it was just a beautiful beautiful testimony and I love that you went back in the store and bought that um, because now you'll always be reminded, you know, that's like a, um, something that when you have something we can look at, you know, a visual that you can continue to look at, it will just make it continue to make it very real for you. So that's great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. It was really powerful. And also, uh, Jan, I wanted to say thank you for sharing. I love your sh open and honest sharing every Sunday. And as Julie said, even those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we still have questions. Um, it's, not, it's not wrong to have questions, but we can bring them before the Lord and, and, um, and we can ask those questions. And sometimes he answers right away, sometimes he doesn't, um, but he's with us. And um, I, I just, that's part of his love is that he didn't create us to be robots. He created us to be human. Humans have questions, and God is not afraid of our questions, but we can be solidly uh, uh, rooted in his character that Eva talked about, his love, his loving character, and his nature that is, he's for us, he fights for us, he's with us, um, he holds the future and our future in his hands. And even when we have questions that are answered, we can come back to those truths that anchor us in our faith. So thank you for sharing so openly and honestly. It's a wonderful place to be in your walk with Jesus. Yeah. Good. Well, y'all, Mike, go ahead. So I will add that questions are a sign of growth. 
Yes. Because the more you get to know someone, well, the more questions you have, because now you know more than you did before. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So questions should reassure you that you're growing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. Not, not take away the fact that you might not be growing. It's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, yeah, I'm sure we could talk about uh, the love of God, and we will talk about the love of God for eternity. <laughs> There's no end to it every day it's fresh and new well we won't just talk about it we're going to enjoy it yeah we're going to we're going to we're going to celebrate it enjoy it live in it and and yeah. share with everybody else right yeah that's right but um i guess all good things need to to wind up at some on this life but mary you got anything you want to share with us well i do as as everybody was sharing it um it took me back to 30 years ago um around this time when I was asked to work at Gateway Christian Fellowship. Mm. And um, I didn't start until March. There were numbers of reasons, but I was really contemplating that. And I thought, oh, I don't know this. I don't know that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I, and I felt like uh, the Lord put in my heart, can you love the people? Mm. And my response was, oh, yeah, I can do that. I mean, I couldn't do all these other things, but, oh, I could do that until I couldn't. <laughs> and, um, and I realized, you know, there, there really is um, an end to our ability to do whatever and especially to love. And it was like Carla was, was saying, you know, <laughs> um, sometimes we think we can, we can love until we can't and that's when we see the reality of God's work in us because his love never fails and like that song says it never runs out um, his steadfast love is new every morning and so when we can't he can and I've seen it certainly over and over and over over all these years in my own life the evidence of that um, and he is enough. Eva said it, um, and I think Roger had, had preached that many weeks ago. Jesus alone is enough. And what a, a delightful thought to have this Christmas that he is enough. God knew he was going to be enough for us. And it's his birth that we celebrate this week. We, uh, from week to week, have birthdays that we celebrate, but we are celebrating his birth and his life um, this week. And we also are celebrating the anniversary. I think if you were on early, we mentioned uh, earlier that it is the 12th anniversary of Phoebe and Dright mm -hmm. on Christmas Day. Wow. So uh, we celebrate with them as well. And um, we're having prayer meeting. There's Phoebe. Happy anniversary, Phoebe. Wish Dwight happy anniversary for us. Uh, thank you. Okay, uh, let me. Uh, okay, thank you. Hello, Papa. How do I get it? So happy anniversary. Oh, oh there, there he is working <laughs> checks. <laughs> he's, oh, he's, he's uh, yeah, furniture. <laughs> Greg requested. Yeah. 
he was out in his garage building some furniture, Phoebe? Is that what he was doing? Yeah. Uh, uh, right now he is uh, working on the on the uh, report. Uh, how to say? Hey, the speakers. The speakers. About speakers. Yeah, he's working on speakers. So. Yeah. I will. I will show you when he finished. When he's finished, that'd be great. Okay, so happy, happy anniversary, Dwight. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry for the uh, internet is not clear. That's okay. The sound is not clear. Hey, and I think thank you so much. Yeah, we're gonna have prayer meeting Wednesday night. Is that right, Bill? The yep. If you can make it, it'd be great. And okay. We'll we will pray together. Um, okay. take, a, take a moment out of, out of your Christmas preparation to, to pray with us. And let me add to that. Oh, that's great. On Wednesday. On Wednesday night, yeah. You don't okay. have to be. I like to stable. join. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. For anybody okay. who wants to come, you don't have to commit to the whole time. If you can only show up for part of it, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah, you'll be welcome. And if um, you have prayer okay. requests, and also send them in to us. So I'd like to ask everybody okay. to turn on their um, their 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 video. If you would turn on your video, so you can all see, and maybe more importantly, so that Mary can see you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a there's a gift here, and um, Mary, this is for you. Wow. This is a different year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the gift of joy. I mean, that that is an amazing gift. Thank you all so much. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate the way you 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 set this up for me because you didn't know what I was going to do, but referencing oh, the, the 30 years of service to Gateway, because um, we recognize God's call in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, on, on your life and your ministry to faithfully show the love of God yep. to every person, everywhere you go, every time you meet them. Mm -hmm. We all recognize it. I mean, every face you see and many, 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 many more faces would say the same thing that Carla said earlier. Um, this year, because of COVID-19, you've been forced to lay down or completely readjust essentially every aspect of your work, but the love continues to show through. Whether it be with Crossway or King's Jewels or Sunday School or visiting ESL classes or having lunch parties or the Christmas banquet, we, we recognize the love of God still shows through somehow that's been possible. Mm -hmm. um, so you've searched out new ways to reach people and variety of situations and in spite of many obstacles, you have faithfully served people through each of these ministries. Mm -hmm. And you've done this facing severe restrictions and concerning face-to-face -face contact. And if anybody knows you, they know you want to see them face-to-face. -face. That's true. And hugs and sharing treats and hot chocolate and all kinds of snacks and things. But each one of us, each face you see has been touched by your personal mm -hmm. touch of ministry. Um, highly relational, mm -hmm. highly relational. And so to help 
us express some gratitude and, and sort of give some context for this gift, I've asked some of the women, just a few of you have, I've asked now, um, to share some words of affirmation. And I want to read some of their comments. And I will, I printed them out and I'll get them to you soon. I'm not going to read everything everybody wrote because it would take the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> uh, so this is from Penny, your friend Penny. I think Penny was, there she is, yeah. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before others that they may see your, your good deeds and glorify God. This describes you so well, Mary, even with all of the changes due to COVID, your light has never dimmed. Mm-hmm. You are a beacon of light set on a hill. Yes. We love you, Mary. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Amen. And from Lucy, Lucy was with us earlier. There she is, Lucy's with us. Mm-hmm. Mary, thank you for being so kind and joyful. Mm-hmm. Your laugh is always very infectious and your spirit is so encouraging. I hope you have a great Christmas and stay safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna read it, but this is from my wife, Julie. Mm-hmm. The way you love Jesus inspires me. Mm. The way Jesus loves people through you inspires me. Mm. This year, God has ministered deeply into many people's hearts through you in a time and in ways that may not have been possible in years past with all the hustle and bustle of busy schedules. You are such a great role model for me, my children, and my grandchildren. Mm. She also said, I want to be more like Mary. Mm. I want to be more like y'all. <laughs> Psalm, and she gave a verse, Psalm 27, 13, 14. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Mm. And from your friend Carla, my dear friend Mary, what a valuable treasure you are to me. You are my go-to person for so many things. We've had bucket loads of laughs and memories from being Peru roommates to King's Jewels to Crosswave and so much more. You love me even when I'm keeping you awake all night with a bum knee or when I (laughs) fail, you still love me. You're you're willing to walk with me through the hard things, whether it be talking to a Crosswaver who may be out of line or walking with me through our grieving process. You always spur me on to more of Jesus. I've never met anyone who is so willing to lay down her life for others. Just like this week, when you helped me pack all that dental equipment, take it to the airport to be sure it would go, and then you delivered it to Jonathan. In that process, we had two divine appointments. It's amazing how you find time to do all the things you do. Mm. And Carla wrote a bunch more. I'm not going to (laughs) read. But then she says, I love you very much, my friend. Mm. And then from Eva, from Eva and Damien. Mary, I do thank God for the day when you came into my ESL class. Mm -hmm. When I first time I saw you and heard your voice, I wanted to know you more. And I am glad you let me know you more and be your friend because now I want to know more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Me and my husband's life have changed so much because of you. Mary, you have led us to God and many wonderful people we met because of you. Thank you so much for your ministry to God and for your love for all people. Thank you for touching people's hearts with your music and words and the joy we share with people. I love the way you talk and laugh and sing and pray. We love you both. Wow. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? 
when God begins to reveal his work, not only in you, but through you to every person that you've come in contact with. You know, so often we fear when we say that every word out of our mouth is going to be judged. But when those words are the words of life, they're also going to be considered and held up. And so let our speech be seasoned with the love of Christ. So Mary, uh, there's other comments here. I'm not going to read just due to time. So we're working on a gift for you. And, and, and of course, this year is different, right? We're not calling you to the front and we're not handing you a box and you're going to open it. Uh, it's a little bit different because somehow we got to get this to you. But I want to say a, a few words about it. So uh, your front door is the gateway into your home. <laughs> the most important entrance that allows good to come and go, but keeps evil out. It needs to offer you protection. So whether you're watching for kids coming in from the neighborhood or monitoring package deliveries or waiting for friends to visit, or maintaining security, even while you're away from home, our gift to you is a video capable doorbell. Wow. <laughs> Actually a small video surveillance that would help you keep an eye out. And we thought we would put a zoom on the front of your door <laughs> and you could see what's happening because we're doing everything by video this year. And this present was seen perfect. Um, so I'll zoom with the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you can zoom with your front doorbell. Um, Okay, so there are a few details that need to be considered to make this most suitable for you or for you because it has to do with your house wiring uh, and your interest in certain features that you may or may not find helpful. Uh, most video doorbells come with motion detection, night vision, and phone alert features and that kind of thing, but there's many options. So we want to walk you through and decide what's important. Um, and if you want to incorporate it into other home networking things, you know, Google or Alexa or something like that. I mean, there's the world is really making progress here. Um, so we know that we are secure in the love of God, but we want you to fulfill even more secure in your home. Wow. So the, the prayer porch is in the back. Helps <laughs> yes, you look up to God. The video doorbell in the front will help you look out to see who's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. So, um, the, the, the doorbell is not actually in here. This is just a prop that Julie bandaged it up for me. But uh, well, she put it, she wrapped it. I'm putting this here. Yeah, like Julie did this. Oh well. Um, thank, thank, thank you all so much. It's interesting because people had said you need one to cut a hole in the door so you have one of those, you know, peep holes so you can look out. And I thought, well, I've just never done that. So what I do is go over to the window and just barely open the blinds. Every, everybody, everybody has their methodology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people look out the living room window to see if they can see around and, you know. Um, and we've hey, also, the, yeah, go ahead, Camille. Um, I just, could I, um, just read a, a, a passage, short passage of scripture and pray over Mary. Okay, mm -hmm. I, do have a, I do have a prayer that Jessica sent that I will oh. share at the end, but go ahead. 
Okay. Okay. This just came to me just as we were, I was listening to the other comments. So Mary, this is a scripture that means a lot to me. And I know that it means a lot to you, but I'd like to pray it out over you as a blessing. This is out of Isaiah 54. It says, sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring, your spiritual offspring, will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Lord, I thank you that Mary is uh, so precious to you, and Lord, that she has untold number of spiritual offspring, Lord, in around through from the nations and going to the nations. Lord, I want to just speak this prayer as a blessing over her, that Father, that this coming year will her tent will be enlarged, her stakes will go down deeper, and she will spread to the right and to the left, Father, and she will just continue to be bearing fruit, Father, as a daughter of God. And Lord, I pray that in the places where Mary might feel barren this year with all that's gone on with COVID, in the barren places, you bring new life. In the barren places, you brought forth a child from Abraham and Sarah when it wasn't possible. You brought forth a child from Hannah when it wasn't possible. You brought forth a child from Zechariah and Elizabeth when it wasn't possible. You are the one who likes to bring forth new life out of barren places. So Lord, we speak a blessing of life to Mary that in the places where she has felt barren this year, that it will fruit will spring out of those places, Lord, more than she could have ever dreamed or imagined. And we pray a great year of fruitfulness for her in the new year in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Thank you all so much. I, I just can't tell you. It's like pouring water on dry ground. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm trusting part of the fruitfulness will be greater joy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're doing hugs now, Mary. Yeah. I'm hugging y'all back. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I remember we were on retreat some a long time ago, and um, I just thought we we got to hire Mary <laughs> for that day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, look what God has done. Yeah. We were down at Campbell. Campbell College, that's now university. Yeah. Dan Sneed. Yeah. And Jesus. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. That was so rich. Well, I've got them all printed out <clears throat> and I'll mail them or somehow get them to you. 
<laughs> if we can talk about the doorbell, what you'd really like to see happen. <laughs> Preston okay. told me I could spend whatever we needed, so. Right. <laughs> or y'all can drill one of those holes. That would be fine. Yeah, we could just pop a hole in there and be done with it. <laughs> you got to hook it up to Alexa. You go, Alexa, what's going on out there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> or hey, Google or something like that, you know. Right. Yeah. Alexa, can you tell them Jesus loves them? <laughs> <laughs> When I said that, Alexa started talking to me. Of course. <laughs> of course. Just yeah. to demonstrate our love, we're willing to exchange a Korean dog for the doorbell set. <laughs> he doesn't hear very well. He's losing his sight, but he barks loud. <laughs> okay, what else, What other offers do you get, Mary? Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Heidi, Heidi just said hello to your dog. <laughs> so Camille's Alexa starts talking and then Jasper starts talking to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank y'all. I sure love y'all so much. But we love you, Mary. We love you, Mary. Love Those you, are Mary. words of life. Yeah. Hey, Mary. Yeah, we love you, Mary. Mm. We love you, Mary. I love y'all. A love bushel you, and a pet. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot more. <laughs> well, I, I do have a um <clears throat> a final prayer. Jessica didn't write this prayer, but some of y'all know that Jessica has this book of prayers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's beautifully done. Um, and there's a, I think Preston gave it to her. Julius reminded me. Um, so Preston, maybe you should read this, but uh, you don't know what what it, which one. She <laughs> I have to go get my book. <laughs> you have it close? No. <laughs> right. So this this was written by a man Douglas McKelvey. Um, and, and uh, Jessica picked it out for you, Mary. Mm. She was thinking about you when she was reading this prayer. A prayer for Mary as she serves. <clears throat> Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. O Christ, who made himself the servant of all, we pray that Mary and all of us would set her heart and her affections on you and you alone, for she can only serve others rightly when such service is undertaken from first to last as an act of devotion offered to you. In serving you, free Mary from her need to, for praise of others, so that even in her kindnesses, even if her kindnesses are shed from scarred hearts as rain from a sloped tin roof, her joy will not be dimmed for she will know that you have received and remembered each act of sacrifice and reckoned it as a love rendered to you. So let Mary's love be sincere and let her service be fearless, O oh Lord. Let her, serve, let her serve in imitation of you who poured out your life for her, that she would serve knowing that your spirit is ever at work in the lives of those she serves, ever calling, ever drawing, ever seeking to soften hearts encased in fear 
and disappointment and anger and idolatry. So let her kindnesses and sacrifice fall like warm shafts of sunlight on icy ground. Lord, we cannot know the end of one person's of another person's story. Our lives are so often only briefly intersect. So let Mary be content to minister regardless of visible outcomes, trusting that the small mercies she extends will be woven into the larger theme of redemption at work in the lives of others as you give them to yourself, drawing their hearts by graces offered and shaping her own heart too in this process of learning to serve well and by learning to serve well, learning to love well. And Lord, we, we take this prayer and we offer it up for each one of us who serves us unto ourselves. That as we make every act of love an act of worship to you, Lord, as, as we extend mercies, we trust you to weave these mercies in to the this grand redemption you are working out. And Lord, we ask that you would shape our hearts in this process of serving and loving, that we might serve well, and that others would know that we are Christians because of our love. Lord, you've reminded me already that you're not gonna judge us on how well we can recite the Bible or answer all your questions. Job couldn't answer any of your questions. But Lord, you call us to excel in this area of love. Lord Jesus, let this be our gift to you this Christmas, to learn to love well. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the precious gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And that he's come not only to rescue us, but to bandage us and to heal us and to give us a new heart and a new mind and a new spirit. He's come that the glory of the Lord would shine upon us, that he would smile upon us and we would receive the warmth of his love in our hearts and that fear and rejection would be banished from our lives. Lord, we've heard testimonies about this already this morning. You are good. And your word is sure and good. Lord, we, we cling to your promises better than we cling to our own experiences. Because your promises will never fail. And we cling to your righteousness more than our own. Because your righteousness is perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Thank you for the gift, Lord, of Jesus Christ. And thank you for the gift, Lord, of your church, that we might encourage one another, even in the midst of pestilence and plague, that we can walk faithfully with you. Lord, even through the valley of the shadow of death, we walk with you. So, Father, we ask your blessing. We ask your perspective. Lord, we ask for your words of life. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bill, uh, let me have one um, quick uh, admin thing since we're coming to the end of the year. Uh, if any of you have checks that you want um, to be a part of this year, 
please get them to me by Monday of, not this coming Monday, but Monday week, so they can be deposited. Also, I don't know, uh, some of you got to see some of the early pictures. We're gonna close the, the, the gifts for Jonathan's uncle and his mother uh, and their work there in Peru this coming Tuesday. I'm gonna write a check for Jonathan. And if you haven't given anything and you want to, if you will just text me the amount, uh, I'll make sure that it gets folded into that offering for him. Uh, and, I, and Rebecca, I will get that over to you. You're not on now, but I'll text you. Uh, I'll get it over to you to get to Jonathan. But uh, thanks so much for your generosity towards that, everyone. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing some good reports from their continued ministry there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mary sent me, when I was showing the pictures from Veronica, Mary sent me, I don't know, several 40 pictures of <laughs> Lanka's ministry. A lot of us know Blanca, uh, and she was doing exactly the same thing in uh, Santa Rosita, a little area that the Crosswave team has visited several times. Mm -hmm. So many, many opportunities. Um, I guess if you'd like to contribute towards Blanca's ministry, put a note on that as separate from what um, Jonathan is carrying. Mm -hmm. It's amazing in the confines of our own home and even our own country that the Lord makes way for people to be touched around the world. Yeah, yeah. His love never fails. <laughs> now I'm thinking about getting a sign like uh, Eva's and putting it and making straps to put over my shoulders, and I just walk around town with that sign in front of me. Good idea. <laughs> uh, what What would happen? Some people would get mad at me, right, for saying that Jesus loves me, because you know some people would come up and want to talk and. You know, so Eva, if you want to do that there in Dallas, walk around with that sign in front of you, let us know how it goes. Yeah. We'll be praying for you. Bill, I was thinking about as I, I saw that plaque under Eva that uh, in television, that's called a lower third graphic. Uh -huh. And people on the news use that to identify themselves. Mm. And Eva identifies herself with the love of Jesus. Amen. That's a, wow. that's a good lower third for all of us. All right. <laughs> There you go. Amen. 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 Thank you for that words, for every words. And I wanted to know, to let you know that what uh, happened to me, it's like have a beginning with you. Without you, nothing happened to me. <laughs> what was happened? <laughs> wow. And that uh, you all are the part of that. And I thank you, all of you. Thank you, Eva. It's, it's a delight to each one of us to see how uh, you're receiving the love of God into your life. Uh, amen. I think Wendy's, Wendy's showing us a Christmas ornament. Hey. <laughs> I love it. There you go, Wendy. Yeah, Henry made that, um, I think, in classical conversations. All right. That's that's a good conversation to have right there. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. And that's all Christmas. of our prepared material from now on. It's all up to God. Yeah. Let me show you something more. I got yesterday. Is that a map? Oh, it's a map of North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. 
see I, I see Mary's house on there. <laughs> that was present from Betty. Betty, thank you very oh, much for my heart. Great. That was a big joy to my heart to, oh. that you think about that. <laughs> And I have my I don't have map from Texas or from Poland, but I have map from North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's where your heart is, Eva. Yeah. And Eva and Damien will be traveling to North Carolina. They leave Texas on the 23rd. Their plan is to drive all the day and night uh, to be able to get here. And then they will be here the week following Christmas and leave what January 1st Eva? We see yeah we planning to we are planning to stay until New Year but we see. <laughs> yeah and they will be staying at the Etheridges so um, if you want to make contact with Eva and you don't have her number let me know and then you can text or call or whatever. Yeah. We're already planning a bike ride if anybody wants to join us. <laughs> <laughs> Bike rides. Make sure you wear gloves. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just final prayer request. Pray for Jonathan. He's, he's planning to get his COVID test on Thursday and leave for Peru on uh, Saturday. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> he's all decked out with Carla's dental machine. Yeah, actually, we, we can continue to pray for the dental equipment because they are not going to allow him to take the... Um, the chair part of it. Yeah. So we've got to figure out another way. So yeah. the Lord knows how to get it there, but yeah. I won't. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Does. And along with the chair, there's the sterilizer and the drill bits that are in the chair box. Oh, they're in the chair box. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So those may need to be taken out, Carla, and packed in something that Jonathan has. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not the pre not the pressure cooker, but the bits. Yeah, the bits would be good if they weren't. All right, folks. Yeah. God loves you all. Merry Christmas. I do Merry too. Christmas. I love you all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Rejoice in your redemption. Amen. 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 Merry Christmas. God never fails. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Carla, for be, being my partner. You are oh, the my pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> We're always partners now. Okay. Yep. Forever partners. Oh, here's my, Carla, here's my Advent wreath. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, look at that. Nice. She got all four like candles that. lit. It's good, good to see you, Betty. Henry, it's good to see you, too. Yep. Good to see you, Henry. Henry. Thanks, Jill. Bye, Phoebe. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, Merry Christmas. Bye. -bye. And happy Everybody. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye, everyone. I'm calling it off here. Oh, Eva, I like the the manger scene on top of Jesus loves me. I like that. Yeah, Jesus loves us all. That's right. <laughs> Not that's only right. me, us all. Yeah. Right. So, Eva, you need to you need to look at the the scriptures in Deuteronomy. It talks about writing uh, God's word on the doorpost of your house. Deuteronomy 6, I think it is. Okay. And uh, that you might find some encouragement that, that you're doing what God says we ought to do. Thank you. For that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs>
Yeah. And this is I get from Poland. My mom sent me new nativity. Wow. All right. Excellent. <laughs> That's uh -oh. pretty. All right. Well, Phoebe's ready to cook lunch. Oh, that's your dress. We'll be right over. Yeah. <laughs> right, bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye. 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 bye.